You are listening to the People First podcast. People First is a self-advocacy group run by people with learning disabilities. And People First podcast is a platform to raise awareness about real issues that affect people with learning disabilities in our community and all around the world. We aim to inform and entertain our listeners by interviewing interesting guests and talking about the things that really matter to us. This is like having a stage to speak out and get our voices heard. volunteering here at People First, Keithley and Craven. I am loving it and very grateful for the opportunity. I started at the end of June. I have a mixed role. I'm happy to support with anything, but I am focusing on advocacy with the members. I am also currently working on devising a new schools project with some of the members who attend on a Tuesday. You've been working on a project that involves speaking to students. Can you tell us more about it? Yes, sure. For a long time, I have wanted to raise awareness of disability and the need for inclusion in schools. I want to design a fun school project with some of the members. I am currently regularly meeting with the members to plan. It is still at early stages, but the hope is to be able to go into a wide range of schools in the local area to talk openly and honestly about our disabilities. I really hope that we can normalize disability. For those children who have experienced disability in their lives, whether this is because they have a disability or whether a sibling or family member does, they will have a good level of understanding and awareness. However, A lot of children might not have experience of disability and can either be fearful or unsure around people with disabilities. By educating children at a young age and allowing them to be inquisitive and ask any questions they have, I really believe this will break down barriers and raise awareness. Myself and the members hope to give a presentation to the older children 
and to do some fun activities with the younger children. We will make sure there is always time for the children to ask us questions. You were the first deaf person with the red or the pretend mystery school. What challenges did you found and when support did you get from first schools? I am proud to be disabled and deaf. I use alternative and augmentative ways to communicate, which is known as AAC. I wear a cochlear implant, which gives me some hearing, and I also rely heavily on lip reading and British Sign Language, which is my first language. I spent the first six years of my life in Northumberland. This is where my early learning, education and communication began. I was lucky to go to a great mainstream inclusive nursery. My teacher at nursery thought I may be deaf, as I would not listen to short stories. I learned how to copy and mimic other children's behavior and actions. It was about this time that my mom took me to see a specialist consultant for tests. He told my mom that I was profoundly deaf and would not be able to hear a pneumatic drill if I walked past one. This was a shock and upsetting for my mom initially. When I was five years old, I was the first person who was deaf to have a communication aid in Northumberland. I did not feel confident when I first got it, as English wasn't my first language. As a young child I communicated through BSL. I had to learn English, how to spell, read and form a sentence. Grammar is completely different in BSL than in English, you see. My communication aid is called a Dynavox. It is my voice. Without a communication aid I would have no voice. All my thoughts and feelings would be trapped in my head. My Dynavox allows me to communicate with the world around me. I feel so lucky I have a voice. Whilst still living in Northumberland, my first school was a special school for the deaf, but it was not the right school to meet my needs. My parents wanted me to access mainstream school, the same as my older brother. Every school my parents approached said they could not meet my needs. This led to a two-year campaign to find a mainstream school that was inclusive and welcoming of my additional needs. My parents learned that Calderdale had signed the Salamanca Statement, which called for a commitment to education for all, and for inclusion to be the norm. My parents then moved my brother, sisters and I, all the way from Northumberland, to Halifax, where I went to mainstream school. The school had an extremely positive ethos, it was fully inclusive and welcoming to all. I was fully immersed into a culture and environment that embraced deaf awareness. There were other deaf children at the school and I was taught BSL throughout my time at the school. I had amazing teaching assistants who helped to fill me with confidence that I could achieve in mainstream education, and more importantly, that I could achieve my dreams in life. I also went to mainstream secondary schools and college. There certainly have been challenges too. I feel normal every day, but...
but the world around me is full of barriers. Some of these barriers are much easier to overcome than others. Some barriers seem impossible. But I know if I am patient and take my time, I can knock down any barrier that stands in the way of what I want. I am trying to think of some examples. I remember sports days at school. I wanted to take part in sports day as much as anyone else, and I did. I can remember the egg and spoon race. I could not drive my wheelchair and hold the egg and spoon at the same time. But I still took part with a little help. I can remember the egg was glued to the spoon to help me. Ha ha. When I was in high school and I was doing my GCSEs, the examiners didn't understand about my needs and how to support an AAC user, it was really challenging. I remember I always wanted to go for a sleepover in my friends' houses, but because of my physical needs I was not able to. That used to upset me, but my friends would come and sleep at my house instead. I found it a little bit hard to make friends when I was younger, it felt like communication was a barrier. I have so much in my head that I want to say, but it takes me a long time to write this down on my Dynavox so conversations take time for me. I also didn't always understand what my friends were saying growing up. I had learned how to understand BSL without people talking. Then at school lots of children were talking and I had to learn how to process what they were saying in English. I had the extra challenge of using my communication aid to talk, instead of speech. It is so different now though, much better technology. I now have a cochlear implant which allows me to hear people talking. This has changed my life. Why is it important that people with disabilities have an opportunity to work? I believe disabled people can work and have their dream jobs. It is the right of a disabled person to work. To allow this to happen, it is important that access requirements and reasonable adjustments are put in place to support disabled people in the workplace. People with a disability should be able to experience the benefits that paid employment can bring, including increased income, greater confidence and improved well-being and mental health. Work gives us a sense of purpose and achievement. I want to see a world where people with disabilities who can work are receiving the right support that is suitable to their needs to find, access and remain in work. Disabled people can make a valuable contribution to the workplace when supported properly, just like everyone else. People First is a very inclusive workplace where all the staff, as well as the members, have the same attitude and respect towards their disabled colleagues as their non-disabled colleagues. Everyone is treated according to their needs, which is how it should be everywhere. Talking about Millions of households across the UK are struggling to make their income stretch to cover the rising cost of living. On top of this, disabled people have additional costs to meet their needs. 
Disabled people need support because they are at risk of poverty due to the high costs of energy, gas, electric, fuel. I don't think the government have taken into account the individual needs of people with disabilities. It was important to talk about this on the BBC News to raise awareness and to highlight what additional needs and costs disabled people might have. When the local authority wanted to raise my care charges, I thought this was awful. They were increasing the care charges of some of the most vulnerable people in society, at a time when we are all being stretched to capacity due to the cost of living crisis. It made me very cross. There are lots of people with disabilities who can't or feel unable to speak up about things like this. Lots of people are unable to challenge the local authority. Some people did not even understand that their care charges had gone up, because they may not have read or understood the letter that they received. This is not acceptable and goes against our human rights, so it was great to be given the opportunity to discuss this with Nikki Fox. What inspires you to be such a passionate advocate and campaigners? I have become a confident person and communicator by using a big mixture of English, BSL and my AC. I feel along with my own focus and drive. I have been lucky because, throughout my life I have had good communication partners, excellent role models, a loving family, and people who understood the power of having a voice and the social model of disability, and genuinely wanted the best for me. But what about those less fortunate than myself who may not have the support network that I did? My hope now as I get older is that I can be a good role model to other disabled people. I hope that like so many people have done for me, that I can demonstrate the power and importance of communication for all, to support people to have a voice within society, and to help people to understand and uphold their human rights. How important is electrician to you and your ability to live your life? Electricity is crucial to me being able to live my life, as it is for everyone. However, due to my needs, it is even more important. As you know, I use a communication aid to talk, and without it I wouldn't have a voice. This needs to be charged every night. Similarly, my cochlear implant, which gives me some hearing, also needs to be charged every night. I can't go anywhere without my wheelchair. It takes all night to charge my wheelchair to give me enough battery power to last throughout the day. If my battery was to run out during the day, I would be stuck, unable to move. My profiling bed needs to be plugged in all the time in order for my PAs to safely assist me with personal care and getting in and out of bed. Due to sitting in my wheelchair and not being very active, I am prone to getting cold, so I need to use more heating than the average person. You travel a lot with your favorite You have been. My first trip without my family was at the age of 19 to Europe. I went for three weeks with my PAs. 
It was great, and gave me my first taste of independence. My favorite trip is Thailand, I was 13 years old, I loved it. I'd love to go again as my older brother now lives out there. Another favorite of mine has been my most recent trip to Dubai. I was able to do some pretty amazing things regardless of my complex physical needs. My favorite activity was doing some fast sailing on the sea. I loved it and remember feeling so relaxed and free. I also really enjoyed my trip away to Hong Kong, Singapore and Australia. I traveled around for one month. This increased my sense of adventure and has taught me that really anything is possible. If I can travel and complete such activities, then anyone else can, with or without a disability. Do you have any double tips of traveling with a disability? It is not easy to find fully accessible accommodation. It takes hours to do research of things to do, places to visit, hotels that are accessible and places to eat that are accessible also. Sometimes the hotels say they are completely accessible but it is not true. It's happened a couple of times before. It is good to always ask for photos to be emailed to you so you can see where you will be staying and double-check how accessible it is. It might look accessible online, but when you see the photos it shows that the bathrooms aren't accessible, the bedrooms might not be big enough for a wheelchair user to maneuver safely. The airport staff don't always care about my wheelchair. Many times we've landed at the destination to find bits of it have broken despite them being told to handle it with care. My wheelchair doesn't even fit down the aisle of the aeroplane. I have to transfer to a manual chair and transfer into the plane seats. It is good to have a note of the size and weight of your wheelchair, as you will get asked this a lot. Make sure you have double-checked where your medical equipment needs to go. Can you bring this on the plane, or in the hold, as different airways have different rules? These are the lows of traveling with a disability. It is such hard work and can seem so daunting to plan the trip that sometimes it can easily put you off trying. I always do a trip planner with my team. We do a risk assessment and make sure we have a list of emergency contacts we might need whilst away, such as the nearest hospital or who to ring if my wheelchair breaks. I always take my manual wheelchair as backup, but the highs of my travels makes the hard work worth it. I love seeing different parts of the world, learning about the different cultures and trying different cultural foods. I love meeting people from other countries and getting to know their way of life. Please don't let your disability prevent you from traveling. We understand that you have been dancing with, with emotions. Why do you get up to in your spare time? Yes, I had a great time dancing with In Motion with the Northern Ballet. Fingers crossed I will be doing this again next year. In my spare time, I like walks with my family and dog in the countryside. I enjoy swimming every week which is good for my physical and mental well-being.
I like going to music festivals and gigs, eating out, going to the theater and watching films. I am passionate about disability rights and on keeping up to date with the news and politics. I have recently started accessible skiing which is so exhilarating. I also like to ice skate at the ice rink. I go on the ice in my wheelchair. I like to visit my gran who lives in Harrogate. I also regularly visit my family in Edinburgh. I love to go to London when I can. My sisters live in London, so I regularly like to visit them. I have always loved London though. I enjoy people watching and the diversity of people in London. I am excited to be moving into my bungalow soon. It has been having building work and adaptions, which are nearly completed now. I am busy right now planning the interior of the house and buying what I need. I enjoy keeping busy and having an adventurous life. Thank you so much for other good answers. Thank all we have, Tim, of its be brilliant show. I don't know other about you and we really joined have you on the show. Good colour of the church and we will see you back in the office. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's been great. Take care everyone and hope to speak again soon. Remember to like and share the show so we can grow our podcast to reach more people with the important information we are sharing. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you next time.